Thanks for listening to the QPR podcast. Before we play the episode, we have a very small favour to ask you. We've been nominated for a football blogging award in the best podcast category, and we'd really like to win it. But to do that, we need votes. If you think we deserve the award and you'd like to vote for us, here's how you do it. The first way is via Twitter, and you can do that and find the link by going to our website at qprpod.co.uk. Scroll down to the Football Blogging Awards button, click on that, press tweet, and your vote's counted. If you don't have Twitter, you can also do it by going to west12media.co.uk slash awards. That takes you through and fill in the best podcast category. Thank you very much. Enjoy the episode. The QPR podcast is sponsored by deskbeers.com. Perfect as a gift or a thank you to the team at the end of a long week. Each Desk Beers box contains a selection of 12 of the best craft beers available, with two to three styles in each box. As a special offer for QPR podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first order by entering the code QPR20 when you sign up at deskbeers.com. QPR! Hello and welcome to another edition of the QPR podcast. I think we're still called up on all ours. David will remind me. Anyway, tonight there's myself, Paul Finney. There is James Evans. Hello, Paul Finney. You right? That didn't sound freaky at all. Um, I'm not bad. I, I missed you the last time you were on. I was in holiday. Best move ever. And um, yes, and how are you keeping? They let me back in, so that's not so bad. So it must be all right. And, and I, I'm good. I'm good, thank you. you keep, uh, yeah, not I, too I bad. do worry about you. Oh really? Yeah, because oh. I know you change career quite a lot. I, I'm I'm back to I'm back dreaming up really bad quiz and game shows. Uh, there were some crazy ideas this afternoon um, involving oh, I can't really say actually. Moving on. Um, <laughs> right for those who are still with us, <laughs> we're now going to talk to somebody else. Mark Davis on uh, Twitter, you are at Jude the Cat. Jude the Cat. Welcome to the, the podcast. What, what do you think is what was your, what was your expectations of the podcast? Professional. Well, I've done I've done a bit of research listening to all of your back catalogue, which was quite interesting. That's in, not research; in, that's torture. In, in, in the main, um, but uh, no, I'm looking forward to hopefully taking part and being vaguely interesting. So we'll have to see how that works out. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> that'd be fine. Just just you're, you're in a pub with friends talking about Rangers. How can I go wrong? And we have Junior Fraser, indeed. Ben, the younger brother of our illustrious leader, I David. I think the younger, better looking. Brother, but yes. Have you got any mirrors in your house? Sorry? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I would hide them if I was you. Anyway, w- welcome to the podcast again, Begs. Last time you were on was four years ago, four, I believe. Four years ago, I obviously did such a great job that you invited me straight back. I don't know. I've always told you you were quite good when you keep on. <clears throat> you, you often do. Indeed. I do. I've been sent tonight to keep you in check. Obviously. <laughs> I, I, I like the sound of this. Sounds quite funny. <laughs> It's a bit scary if you ask me. Right, tonight we're being sponsored by Desk Beers. And um, what it is, is if you go on their website, which is deskbeers.com, and put in a code QPR20, um, you can have your beer delivered to your office, your house, or, you, I don't know, would they deliver to a beach somewhere, do you reckon? Well, you could try it, you could ask. I if it has a desk, I imagine, I was just gonna say, the key criteria. Yeah, it's a, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, okay, it's not deck beers, is it? So, you can make, you okay. can make it, yeah, yeah, okay. you can do a makeshift desk out of the box, it's coming though. So. We've got to plug these, it's a sensible bit. I know, I was being kind. David sent me an email on WhatsApp and everything else, so I don't forget this, and his brother. 
We can't get this wrong. It's a very nice beer. I'm having a it sip. Is. It's good. It is. And I've, I've, I'm just trying the gluten-free one. Yeah. So all you celiacs out there, <laughs> hello, stay away from the wheat. Um, and um, yeah. <laughs> you get a 20, anyway, you get a 20% discount if you go into deskbeer.com and they will deliver to you anywhere. So that's that done. Right, Saturday. Let's be honest, we didn't expect to get that point, did we? Start with James. No, not Did you make notes? Uh, I do make notes. Can I just say, your, your gluten-free bit, I genuinely thought for a second I might have been called Mikel Beck as a little tribute to someone that played for QPR for about four minutes, but it isn't. It's a Mikula. Um, okay. Yeah, um, I, I didn't... Sorry, no, I saw that earlier. Um, Who invited you on? You shouldn't. Sorry. That'd be me. Well, Carry look, on. We, we're, um, we're, we're decent away from home, it, it, it appears. Um, and... I mean, I wasn't there. My 1 minute 51 highlights, uh, courtesy of QPR, which was the Charlie Austin man of the match performance. It was, actually, that was quite interesting. He's, his link-up play looked great. and He enjoys scoring, though, doesn't he? He loves scoring, mm. and he's really, he, he's really good if you want to put a fiver on any time goal scorer, Charlie Austin. Oh, OK. Which has only let me down once this season. Um, not that I, you know... Not that it's a I bit like he's taking his gap year this season. You kind of feel like he's just having fun. He's just having fun kind of taking his gap year, just... He, I mean, he's of, he's has he improved this season compared to last, or is it just the competition's easier? I think the competition's easier for him now. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, and I mean, every time I'm on, I always talk about Ali Fallin because I love the bloke. Um, and again, he came back into play, and there wasn't there. There's a statistic that actually that's the first time I think he started that we haven't actually won but every game he starts we either win or draw mm. and in the games that I've seen at home um, which are a bit easier for me to get to um, you know the, the midfield especially the back two they're a bit slow um, and Fallen's never known for pace but he can make an incisive pass and I mean that, that is telling the ability to be able to link up with Austin and even Austin to then give it back to someone else is, is a good thing Do I like about Ali Fallen is that he comes on the podcast. <laughs> That's the second thing I like about him. I was going to be serious for a second. Cooking on uh, gas. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Are we done? Um, is, he, is, is he is he gluten free as well? The word you're looking for is celiac. Anyway, um, is it he? He's always looking for the next pass. One of the players when he gets a ball, he's looking to do something with it. He's always busy and and to come back I mean I don't care what anyone says to come back from what he's done the guy has got serious guts and um, yeah. I, I want to see him in that Absolutely. team as much as possible you've made notes Mark which makes me nervous you're going to say <laughs> something sensible and, and ruin the whole podcast nothing about this no but I think you're right with, <laughs> you're right with Forland despite the fact he's got knees made of porcelain hmm. he always appears that he's one pass ahead of, of of the rest of the midfield and he adds something which up until now Tozer and people like that haven't done uh, and you always look more more aggressive, if that's the right word, with him in, in midfield. And you always look more likely to score. I mean, look, for Saturday, not many teams are going to go to Hull and get a point, if we're honest with ourselves. Um, first but points it's just, they've dropped. It, it is first point shops at home, you're right. So it, it's just this Jekyll and Hyde character we've got home and away at the moment, which is just a bit of a problem. Um, and we've looked solid at, away from home. We just need to have that connection at home. But I think if Fallen starts the next home game, then I think we'll see a big difference. I have a theory. I might... I might ask if we speak to someone later what it is. Who could that be, I wonder? I don't know. Do you want to introduce him? Not yet. Oh, stop okay. trying to run the show. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm just saying. I had a night, I have a theory, but I want to, I want to ask someone in the know. Well, as James has decided to host the show tonight, and we're going to die, <laughs> we might as well just do what he wants. Um, we're going to go to Steve Gallen. Welcome, Steve Gallen, to the podcast. No stranger to the podcast. Although the last time you were here, um, 
you, you didn't quite frankly shut up and you made me look quiet, which is brilliant. So, um, and now your first team coach at QPR. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much, Mr. Finney. It's, it's nice to be back on. Thanks for the invite. It's lovely to have you. Lovely to have you. Right, I'm joined with James Evans, who's a QPR fan, and Ben Fraser and Mark Davis. And we're just going to fire questions at you. You can answer whichever way you want. And um, we're only on for another 45 minutes, Steve, so if you can keep that in mind with the answers, that would be great. <laughs> Right. Hit, me. Hit me with anything, not a problem. Hit you anything? Anything. Go on, go for it. <laughs> I'll just, just say no comment if there's any. All right. I, I'm, I'm does it have to be QPR related? <laughs> anyway, Christmas time's coming up. Who's the tightest amongst the brothers for presents? Be honest with me. Kevin <laughs> uh, is just, he just won't put the hand in the pocket. He there's a shock. He never has. It, and it's almost because I think because he's like the youngest and as you know it's his 40th birthday today so I thought I'd just mention that on air but um, what did you get him? he's always expected because he's the youngest out of everyone and it was spoiled I think a little bit by my mum and dad and uh, even when we walk into a bar which is rare as you know but when we walk into a bar rare, a couple of times a year uh, he loves opening the door first so that I walk in or Joe walks in so that we basically get to the bar first it Kev's the tightest Joe's pretty generous, to be fair. So I'd say me and Joe the generous, Kev definitely the tightest. I had noticed, by the way, just saying. Steve, what did you get? Yeah, he, won't, he just won't do it. <laughs> Sorry. So I was going to say, what did you get uh, Kevin for his birthday? <laughs> well, three, my, missus, my missus did post a card. So <laughs> yeah, obviously, I don't, trust, I don't trust the Royal Mail to send the cash through. So that's, that's the reason he's not receiving any cash this time. But... Um, I, there will be something. I don't know what it is. I will. I will get him something. And uh, he's pretty poor. My, my birthday is like near, at the end of November, and always since since we've been adults, he'll buy me a joint present over Christmas. So uh, he is, exactly. So he gets a birthday present in September and a Christmas present. I get a joint one, which is pretty much exactly what I would spend on him for his birthday. But uh, but that, that's him. That's that's like the baby of the family. Tightest. Definitely. Well said. <laughs> well, well said. James has got a question for you. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it's non-Gallon related. Um, um, oh God! What? Yeah, sorry. Football? It oh, might oh. be about football because um, I kind of te- oh, I kind of teed this up before we called you, and then Finney took the Mickey out of me for trying to present the show. Um, but so what I was going to ask was, so it looks like we play a four-two-three-one, and is that suited yep. to doing well away? Do you think is that why we're not doing so well at home? Because it looks like. I think results-wise, we're a little bit stronger away from Loftus Road. Yeah, they are. That's for sure. And I, I wouldn't say it's got anything to do with pressure. I know people talk about, oh, there's pressure at home. I don't, I don't think it's that at all. I think it's certainly like the, the, the opposition, you know, has made, uh, and the way they've gone about it. So Forrest and Blackburn were very, very direct. And even thinking back to the Rotherham game, which we, we ended up winning, and I think deserve, deservedly so, they were very direct in the first 20 minutes. Uh, really long throw-ins, kicks, goal kicks, any free kicks, and they just kept pumping it back on us. And we struggled a little bit with that, with that because we work so much on being a passing team, a short passing team, and, and, and fluid movement that when we're at home and Loftus Road, it's a small pitch, and, and I've noticed that more in the last month than I had done as years as a fan. On the small pitch, it's hard for us to play our way out at times. Yeah, and you need to get but that going. The big pitches, 
Well, yeah, up at home like the other day, massive pitch, passed our way out of all sorts of problems. We, we were very composed and well worth the point. But also up at Wolves, although we started badly in that game, the big pitch suited us. Matty Phillips, obviously, is a great athlete. Cherry's a very, very good athlete as well. Carl Henry gets up and down the pitch. He, he's probably not going to score too many goals, but he gets up and down and can supply. And Massimo Luongo also has uh, got some good legs for running in behind Charlie in particular. And so, you're right, away from home, we've actually looked at that team. And at home, um, I think we have to try and find a better way of dealing with the direct play that we've been up against Blackburn, I think, in particular. Cool. What, what I, I hope that answers the question. Oh, it does. That's great. Um, Steve, this is, this is me, and then we're going to go to Mark. Um, you mentioned something there about being a, a you know being a, on the coaching staff and being a, va- a fan. Do you have to separate the two at times? Do you find yourself that you, as a would you make this is going to be this is going to be bizarre? You have to be careful at times. What you know what you say because I don't want hurt. and the players or anyone listening sort of thinking you know that's a bit whatever immature. But uh, the other day when the fans started singing "Come on, you are's," I felt like singing it. I, I, I felt <laughs> like joining in. I was really? so desperate for like "Come on." Like shouting at the players against Blackburn, you know, it was two all and we were pushing to try and get a winner. And they started singing Come On Yours. I nearly joined in with Come On Yours. The other one I noticed um, on, the, was, when was it? Was it on Saturday against Forest? They started singing, Oh, I never felt more like singing the blues. <laughs> so I obviously, I obviously thought, All oh, right, Chelsea must be losing. So straight away when I heard that, Chelsea are losing <laughs> and, we're, and we're winning. But, um, uh, I actually felt a little bit like, oh, I could easily start singing that. Just, just be mindful in front of everybody. It's not that like the TV cameras are there. I don't even noticed. CSC TV doing fine. You don't. Hey, exactly. You, you have no idea. Do you know what? You have no idea when you're on the bench that anybody's watching. You don't even think like that. Or there's cameras, or what you're doing, or your body language. You don't. You just don't think like that. You're in completely in a zone about your players and how you want to play. And. Um, the first game, my, my wife and my son came to it. My dad, who sits upstairs, he, he's been a season to go older now for over 45 years. Um, I never thought for one second uh, the first home game, uh, was it against Cardiff? True, two yeah. Yeah. That was the first time. I never thought for one second to look up at my dad or my wife or my son. I didn't even think they were there. I didn't even think about it until a couple of hours after the game. So I think as I get a little bit more it settles down a little bit and I get a bit more experience I can maybe detach myself a little bit from, from that and actually look up at my dad and, and wave to him or my wife or whoever like Gary Waddock used to do Mr Finney remember that he used to always wave to someone in South Africa Roadster and I was a little boy and I could, who's he waving to he's always waving to someone up there when he was a player yeah. <laughs> Did I... you probably weren't going in them days Finney I don't think you're allowed you're allowed down to Shepherd's Bridge allowed out of the house no, I, was, I think I was, I was still in Belfast, but it was it need long arms for that wave. I can tell you. Um, no, it's interesting to say that though, because there's always been a family thing. I mean, I, I didn't realise till I met him that Paul Goddard was a QPR fan. You know, there's always been that thing that local kids coming into the club and everything else. And perhaps that's something that was missing a few years ago. There's no creeping back in, thank God. I never, I never knew that either. You know, there, there's a player. Um uh, an ex-player comes around and does a bit of work with the PFA his name's Paul Mortimer I don't know if you, you yeah yeah, yeah. ex-Charlton player Charlton. he's from he's from Shepherd's Bush and he loves QPR and really? he came down to speak to the youth team a couple of years ago and I sat in on it you know like a, a PFA sort of talk that we have once every couple of weeks 
and he mentioned after, he said, yeah, how's this going and how's that? And I thought, he knows a lot about QPR, considering he's a Charlton man. And he says, no, I'm a massive Rangers fan. So I'm from Sawley Road. Lived there all my life. Love, love it. Love QPR. Oh. I was buzzing. I was delighted to talk to him about, about you know, QPR and sort of back in the 80s and the 90s. And it was a great conversation. So, hey, there is a few out there. It's not just me and you four guys there and uh, Paul Goddard. We've got Paul Goddard as well. <laughs> We have. And uh, Peter Doherty. Pete Doherty, and that's it. Oh, yeah, Pete, God bless. Yeah, that's an interesting one. <laughs> Apparently, he was in your hotel, wasn't he, at the, um, the Huddersfield game? He was, he was, yeah. I mean, that was, I think, it, that was quite late at night, I believe, from what, what I hear. Probably no surprise to hear he was up at late at night. But uh, I was in my bed. I'm sure you guys will be pleased to hear, preparing for the game the next day at Huddersfield. Hi, Steve. Mark here. Um, one of the things that the club has been... I don't know if accused is the right word, is is, is not having uh, as good a comprehensive youth set up as, as, as other clubs. And obviously with your previous role, uh, before you came up to the first team, you, of all people, can see the changes that have been brought in over the last couple of years. I mean, just how important have those changes been? And does Warren Farm present another opportunity for that to improve still further for us to look at the next generation of QPR players coming through the ranks as opposed to what's happened with previous regimes where we've just brought people in? Yeah. Okay, it's, good. it's a good question. This one, could, this one could go on for a while, but I'll start sort of just on, I'll rewind sort of back about, whatever, 25 years or something like that. Um, we're, we're from East Acton Lane, so we're, we're just a mile away from Loftus Road, me and my two brothers. We all played for Watford. It's a mile away from Loftus Road. There was no youth set up at QPR 25 years ago. Watford did, Charlton did, Tottenham did, Arsenal did. We had a youth team, a decent one, because Alan McDonald had come through it and uh, and uh, Ian Stewart. I'm trying to think of all the boys from Northern Ireland for you, Timmy. And Clive Allen. Yeah, from... I know. Okay, but how did they come through? And Paul Goddard, obviously. How did yeah. they come through? Well, we didn't have a schoolboy section like other clubs had. To cut a long story short, somebody would turn up with a brown envelope from Jim Gregory, passed down, and we'd hand it to whoever, and they would all of a sudden play for QPR and leave West Ham and leave Tottenham. <laughs> probably work out and leave Watford in the end, like my little brother, and leave this and leave that and leave that. We we never had no foundations. I, I hate to say it, but we brought through a great youth team and youth system. But it was and because it was almost because we needed them players in them days. There was nothing else. Alan McDonald could come through, he was good, and Brian Laws then after him, who I didn't think was fantastic but was decent, and Tony Roberts, all similar sort of era, and Gary Waddle, Warren Neal, Ian Dawes, they could come through because we didn't have anything else. Now, in the last few years in particular, we have chucked millions and millions all over the place, and it's become harder again for a young player to come through the ranks because and if you look at the last five years, we've either been doing everything to get promoted or doing everything to stop ourselves getting relegated. Now, I do. there has been money put into the youth department in the last few years, for sure. We had a staff, so four years ago, it was basically me, Birchie, and a physio. That was QPR's youth department staff. Wickham, down the road, had eight full-time staff. We had three. Okay, so that's what we were up against. We had nothing compared to everyone else, compared to Wickham, Orient, Brentford even. All them clubs had more than us. More money's been put in. We have got a better infrastructure. We have got more staff. We have, we are, we do look like we're going to move to a new training ground. That's going to make a big, big difference for everybody, 
and it's sort of like an inspirational place that we can call our own, our home. That'll, that'll be important for the future. But um, the scouting has to certainly has to improve in, in the youth area. And um, we're up against Fulham, who have spent millions in that department, far more than we have, and Chelsea, Tottenham Arsenal, whatever, Reading, all these all these clubs are spending big, big money. They're Cat 1 academies. We're a Cat 2 academy, pretty much because of our facilities. But it, it does make a difference. We need to get to the Cat 1 status, which hopefully the new training ground will, will help us get to. And then we can sell ourselves a little bit more and not have to rely on banging this club and that club and that club and that club or, or someone's parents a few quid to get such and such and such in. I can't go through the names, but littered in our history is we got him in because we paid him a few quid mm. and him and him and him. And um, the fans don't sort of know that. All they know is that we produce players, and that's the most important thing. We've got to produce our own. I am pleased to see Michael Doughty coming on. It's only coming off the bench and, you know, against Hull. He held his own. He did really, really well. He's played 100 league games now in like League One and League Two. He's ready now. He could go, he could go in next week and we'll all give it. He's not a bad player. He could go in and play. And to be up against Ali Fallin and Carl Henry, experienced season pros in the Premier and the Championship, that's good for uh, Michael uh, Doughty. But there's, uh, there's other lads sort of knocking about as well. We've seen Reese, We've seen Darnell. We've seen Cole. Um, we've seen Brandon. Little glimpses of them lads. They're not quite ready for regular Championship football. Joe Lumley's been around it. But they've all come through the schoolboy ranks and and are pushing for the squad anyway. They're pushing. And I do think, look at the average age of like our team. Look at the average age of the Hulls team, any, any team. There ain't too many 18-year-olds, 19, 20-year-olds playing. They're generally 25s. Tom Huddleston, Michael Dawson, Curtis Davis in the 30s. They're mainly that kind of age. So we have to keep pressing hard and hopefully we can get Doughty and a few others into the team and stay in there. Steve, I could go on a lot longer, but I'm, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave yeah. it at that. Steve, sorry, can I ask a question actually about yes. the youth players? Um, has there been, I guess, have the looking at the players that are coming through and those ones that are now on the bench and are getting league appearances with the club? Is there a mindset shift amongst the younger youth players coming through that actually they could achieve something with QPR, where previously maybe five, six years ago? There weren't that many players coming through. Um, we were re- any of our players yeah. that did well would really end up League One, League Two, but not appearing for the club. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the ones in particular who sort of see a pathway is 18s and above. I think when you're like 14, 15, and 16, you probably don't really feel like, oh, I, I need to be in QPR's first team in three years or anything like that. You go one step at a time in the under 14s. Can I get another contract to take me to under 16? Then at that age. I'm desperate to get a full-time contract. 50% maybe do as a scholar, 50% don't. Then when you're in the youth team, you're thinking, God, I need, my two years in the youth team, YTS, if you want to call it that. In the old days, they used to call it YTS. My two years there, I give everything to be a pro and get in the 21. So that's the sort of pathway. It was the 21s players. So the likes of Tom Hitchcock, uh, I would imagine, going back just two or three years, and Maxima, and even Michael Doughty to extent, and Michael Harriman, all decent players, all playing league football now. Them boys in particular felt, God, we just can't break through. And I do think a lad, you can be 18 and 19, 20, and you're going forward and, and doing really well, and you need someone to be brave enough to chuck you in to try and keep the momentum going. And you can hit a bit of a ceiling. 
I certainly feel like with a few players like the ones I mentioned, Tom Hitchcock, Maxima, Michael Harriman, for example, they hit a ceiling and then, you know, another year in under-21 football, they then have lost the momentum. They're also almost going downwards in a curve. Them boys have gone off. Michael Harriman's at Wickham, Max is at um, uh, Gillingham, and Tom Hitchcock scored the other day for Stevenage. Them boys could still come back to League One Championship, possibly Premiership, but League One Championship. But um, momentum's important, and Michael Doughty's stuck with it all the way through, and he's made everyone believe, the manager in particular, has made the manager believe that this lad can actually be very, very useful and, for us. And I don't think the manager would have any problem chucking him in to start now. Uh, and he's up against some good players, especially in, in midfield, we're strong in that area. And with, um, and with, and is that a conscious decision that yourself and Chris Ramsey have made? So you obviously both have your uh, background in youth football. That with seven subs, that you're conscious that you want to put some youth team players on the on the bench now, and that really so they can I, see I, there is an opportunity no. there. Yeah, I, no, I don't think. No, we don't. We don't think like that. And um, I do remind the manager though. So like after like a couple of games this season. So when we played up at Huddersfield the other week, and the bench was very inexperienced for sure. It was. Okay, so in one way, if you want to win a game, you want to have the best kind of bench you can. You know, you want to have the best eleven on the pitch and the best bench, so you can bring lads on. Hull had a fantastic bench the other day. They had players they could bring on that could change the game, stuff like that. When we went up to Huddersfield, we had Brandon, Darnell, Cole, Joe Lumley. I was delighted to have them. I was delighted because I know all them boys for years. Um, but it was almost there was there was nobody else, and uh, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I don't think the manager is saying let's get these four lads because they're in the youth team. I certainly think. There was a case for that last year to prove to everybody, yes, we have got some not bad young players. Yes, I'm brave enough to do it. But I think now them boys, and, and Darnell's gone off to Northampton, and I really believe that's exactly the, the place he needs to be right now in the league. Them boys, League One and League Two. Uh, Tyler um, Blackwood's another lad, I believe, can go to League One and League Two, play games, go and get the experiences with Colker Pickwa, Brandon, Reese, them boys and then come back and challenge maybe after Christmas hopefully challenge it on the bench and maybe even a bit more going forward um, that's the, the right place for them lads I, I feel right now answer your question I don't think the manager at all is saying let's get these four lads from five of the under 21s on our bench he is picking what he feels is this is the best team that's going to win it and these who I feel are the best subs and, if, and basically who've trained the best because we've got a bit of competition for places now Leroy Fair is just coming back in Sandro's back in training. Yun's training every day. So it's a bit of competition. So now he's got a junior Hoyler missed out the other day. He's got choices now for the bench, I understand. So there's, there's good competition right now. Um, Steve, it's, uh, it's James again. I was going to I was gonna say, um, hi, uh, I mean, when you were talking earlier about you know comparing QPR's youth to Wickham, I mean, that was a bit embarrassing. But you, yeah. it, it must be hard for you to separate the fan and you know doing your job. Um, and you, but but don't don't lose that. Personally, hearing you talk about QPR, then don't lose it. Um, but what I was going to say is the fact that we managed to keep hold of everybody that, as fans, we wanted to keep hold. Do you f- have expectations changed, um, or is it for you? Did your expectations change? You know, or did you always think right? We're going to go as high as we no, can. I was I was absolutely delighted that <laughs> Charlie and Matt didn't leave. Uh, you know, in the transfer window. You know, again. Uh, as a fan of course but also as a professional I want the best players around me every single day 
I want to learn from them. I want to teach them. I want to be around them. I want to see how they act. I want to pull them up if I don't think they're acting in the right way. Um, I was really, really pleased that we kept them. We've got some good additions to the squad. Has expectations changed? I think they did when we kept them. And we had three games where we won on the bounce, of course. I think we all started believing, hold on a minute. Then maybe reality checks in against Forest, losing the game, you know, which was disappointing. And then a draw against Black, uh, Blackburn. But um, I heard people say at the start of the season, you know, like, oh, and this is not in the coaching staff, I'm talking about fans, saying, look, mid-table would be sort of good for us. We obviously want more, but we all have to be mindful that... Um, we can win a few games easily in this league, but we could also lose a few games in this league, and we just have to be careful about that. I counted seven, so I'm on the bench there on, on Wednesday night, obviously. I counted seven new players playing for QPR. So with Alex Smithies in goal, okay, and, and, and Geller centre-half, and Tozer in midfield, and Massimo and Cherry, um, just off the top of my head, and two fullbacks, Perch and Kocheski, I counted seven. Then Jamie Mackey comes on a sub, that's now eight. Um, new players so for any team to have that much of a change two, less than two months into the season I'm not overly surprised really that we win a couple and then we drop a couple we're hopefully going to find some consistency soon and because the group is still getting to know each other Steve which brings me nicely on because we're going to wrap the interview up now because um, the Steve Gallon podcast has been brilliant and um <laughs> <laughs> you must you must come on again and, and um, you talk more than me. That's incredible and and brilliant. Yeah, and, I do. But you know that about me, Finney. You know. Come on, the background. Steve, we don't, we, we, do. we don't know we each other. Talk. That's all we do. We don't know each other. Never talked to you before in my life. This is a, this is. A, listen, Friday, massive, massive game. I, I could be wrong, and I'm prepared to get slaughtered without doing my research, which I'm rubbish at doing anyway. But I'm pretty sure we haven't won at Craven Cottage since 1981, if I'm right. Um, Whatever happens well, on Friday, we give it our best shot, and the lads come over to the fans at the end of it. Whatever happens, because it's a it's it is a wee bit of a local derby, and um, the Rangers fans will be there in fine voice, I'm sure. What, what's your thoughts on the um, the game beforehand? Okay, in some ways, like you know mentioned earlier, in some ways I'm quite quite pleased it's an away match. Although it's a bizarre it's a bizarre away match, isn't it? I was saying to someone earlier, I might just walk to the ground. Um, <laughs> Yeah. No, it's not that it's not too far from us although as we all know getting around Hammersmith Broadway <laughs> on a Friday is not Forget it. the easiest but um, look, what, what I hope obviously I hope we win the game and I honestly believe we're fully capable of doing that I really do believe that um, because we've got the firepower uh, they brought in some new players and spent some money for them so they're in a similar position to us a lot of new players takes a little bit of time they're going to get a good result then they're going to get a bad result we got the firepower, I think, to uh, to hurt them. Obviously, I'd be buzzing to see, you know, a big Rangers contingent um, in the in the away stand, and I know the QPR fans will be scattered all over the ground uh, as well. I'm trying to convince my dad and a few others to go to the game. I'm trying to say to him, "Come on, Dad, it's the same as a home game going down to Fulham." But um, he quite likes sitting. He's 79, my dad. He quite likes sitting and watch sort of the games on TV now, especially the away matches. Um, we're fully capable of, of getting a positive result at Fulham. I want to see the fans go and enjoy themselves and, uh, of course, behave themselves as well. So, Finney, behave yourself now. <laughs> Tell all your mates, all the dodgy ones, the good boys. And um, enjoy it because, you know what, that is one, one thing that we have got this season. Obviously, Fulham and Brent and ourselves are only a few miles apart. 
So they should be good games. So both both the home and away games should be good against Fulham and Brentford. Looking forward to them. Good man, Steve. Do you know what? It's brilliant to interview someone who loves QPR so much, and that comes across so well. And thank you for spending the time to come on the podcast tonight. I wish you all the best luck on Friday and shove it up them seriously. And um, <laughs> we 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 owe them the six nil big time seriously. So um, yeah, we, that wasn't good. That wasn't good that day, was it? No, I was there. I didn't enjoy that too well. Hopefully, we can bring them do a little bit better than that. You're a good man, Steve. I will see you soon, no doubt. And um, thanks for all you're doing for QPR. We do appreciate it, and we'll be behind you one hundred percent. I promise you that much. Have a good My evening, pleasure. Steve. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate. It. Thanks for inviting me on. Anytime, champs. Thanks a lot. You're a good man. See you later. Cheers. Do you know what comes across there is like? Can you imagine any one of us getting a job mm. at QPR as an assistant manager, coach, whatever, any role whatsoever? I'd be happy to sweep the pitch. To be fair, I don't care, but. Living the dream. I sold a lot of tickets for QPR years ago. You know, oh, right, okay. scratch cards mm. in the in the late nineties, I think it was, the middle nineties. And so that was the closest I've ever come to working for the club. Right. But, uh, I actually was a referee once. Well, I referee. I was a linesman for one of the QPR youth team games uh, at the old tra- training ground, uh, and they get. I had to give a penalty, and I knew someone handled on the line, and I was determined to get the guy sent off because I knew who it was, but the referee didn't want to know. I had to hide my QPR sticker in the car at the end of, before the game because it looked a bit off. I sent my CV, didn't get a reply. No, listen, <laughs> we um, obviously we haven't talked but because Steve does like to, to talk, um, which is good. We kind of can't really say too much about the Blackburn match, but then there wasn't that much to say apart from the fact that it was a point that we should have had a victory. Keeper could have done a wee bit better with the, the first goals, but anyway, and the line, sorry, Matt Linesman and referee. <laughs> That linesman by the Elsie last week was an acid, I swear to God. There's no way that was sanity. There was no sanity in that man's head. Seriously. I've never seen a player get booked for not having boots on either, which uh, Charlie Austin did, didn't he? And then, is, is that the actual is rule? what it was? Wasn't, yeah, it yeah, wasn't allowed on the pitch for them five minutes afterwards. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. But is that an actual rule? Well, I think they're saying he was, he was uh, booked for entering the field of play without permission. That was what he was booked for. But wow. It was just nonsense, and then not letting him on for five minutes afterwards. I well, mean, that was just dumb. Well, that was just you've broken the rules, so I'm going to teach you a lesson now. Yep. So they're, 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 they're yellow carding him for ending. Blah, blah. That linesman ended the game without a brain. I mean, he's been sent off then. Right. Fulham and QPR on a Friday night, it's unwise in my. Hopefully, it'll be fine, but it's not. It's just, I mean, people are. T- I know people who take the day off work for a, a kick off that late and um, it's by the river and Fulham have been trying to create this rivalry with us for years and it's, it's, it's quite insane really they, they, they want us to have a rivalry with them I'm not sure what I really think about them what do you think oh wow James? Uh, I mean I was thinking on, on the tube on the way here there's only two clubs I've ever heard sing we hate QPR which, and it is Brentford and Fulham and Luton used to sing as well no, I was just I was just a wee grasshopper. Just saying, um, I wasn't actually. I've, I've seen us play Luton, um, but it was. But it's like Brentford. I understand. You know, we there was the tried to take him out of business in the sixties. But and for, I don't get Fulham, and I, I get it. I don't get it from a point of view as simple as may, maybe you know I'm mid thirties, and I haven't seen us in the same divisions for that often. So in the last twenty five years, we haven't really been in the same division that much. But it's also just the fact of sometimes from a simple point of view, you know, rivalry comes from bumping into people that are fans having a bit of a go. And I genuinely, the first Fulham fan I met, and I'm from West, I'm from Notting Hill, West London, the first Fulham fan I met was in Surrey when I went to uni. 
because I was 19 oh, okay and it wasn't like I wasn't you know I grew up playing football I wasn't not trying to find Fulham fans and that isn't a Fulham dig it's just so as a result although they're you know Hammersmith Fulham is the only borough of three professional football clubs in the country and all of that and what we're like two three miles away I get it but I don't if anything it should be a rivalry bigger than it is well, on your wee notes, you put early, they, they, were, they were our main rivals when we first formed, apparently. Yeah, because both of us are older than that club that say they play in, that called Chelsea, but don't even play in Chelsea. You know, well, just a technical was, point there. But that ground was originally built for Fulham as well, by the way. Oh, really? The, mm. af- the athletic ground, wherever it was? Well, they used to park cars in the 80s. I think a lot of it with the Fulham fans is that because we didn't play them for so long... I think they pretty much convinced themselves that they always sing it, we'll never play you again. I hate that. And, and, and therefore, when they started spending all the money, and I think we played one season in the, in the, in the championship equivalent, whatever it was then, uh, and they carried on spending and, uh, and went up, and then they were pretty much convinced they'd seen the back of us. And then the role sort of reversed, isn't it? I mean, they've, they've lost some money, they've started plummeting down the division, and, and I think they're, they're, they're trying to instill a rivalry which is there in some quarters but perhaps isn't in, isn't important to most people I mean you're right Chelsea I think everyone accepts that you know we think they are main rivals they pretend not to care about us a lot but you just got to look at the message boards when we beat them 1-0 a couple of years ago at their place to understand the people that have been around a bit longer mm. get the rivalry yeah. Brentford you know again we hardly played them over the last few years and uh, and they always get a bit agitated about us but Fulham is just an, it's just a weird one. I just think it's because we haven't played them for a while, and uh, and they're trying to to find a rivalry that perhaps doesn't exist as much as other clubs. I think they're also just too inoffensive to really have proper rivals. I mean, so they have a neutral end. Their their fan base at the moment is made up of Statue Michael Jackson. Yeah, their fan base is made up of is a fairly nice and not, they seem just like nice people. Um, I, I don't hate them I don't like them that's I just a, kind of I'm indifferent. vanilla I'm Am- indifferent ambivalent that's, yeah. and, I, that's, and that probably sounds the worst thing to say to a Fulham fan that's trying to get this thing going <laughs> but I am, and, I am indifferent I don't want to lose to them of course not but I wouldn't want to lose to any team that QPR play I, I want to beat them because the last two times I've been to Fulham have been miserable occasions I went with Paul um, not the last time the time before that and we sat in the neutral end and people were just getting chucked out and we got hammered 6-0 mm. and then there was the was it 3-2 the last surprised time. I yeah. wasn't chucked out to be fair yeah. <laughs> just two miserable occasions of going to Fulham so quite, I'd quite like to beat them but yeah no but that's more, more based on previous results as well rather yeah. than oh it's Fulham Did, yeah, but people like, forget as well and you, you might not know because you're young yeah and you're, you're younger than me I think just about yeah okay and you're definitely younger than me when they, when they started getting through the leagues they used to print letters in their programmes from ex-QPR fans allegedly saying I was a QPR fan I've now come to Fulham and you know what this is brilliant and I was thinking and that kind of started from there you know why would you put that in your programme anyway and then of course the, the, I got trolled by Fulham fans for once going on the radio and saying that we have got a much more loyal fan base than everything else and they put me on YouTube and everything so Fulham fans actually hit me and I'm the most they shouldn't even know who I am. They're so with QPR, they kind of want us to hit them, but we don't, and we kind of say some things like, well, we, and we, we are a more loyal club. We've proved that when we went in administration and stuff, and that's just the way it is. The neutral end, I've got a funny feeling on Friday, well, we won't be so neutral. So you're going to have 6,000 whatever QPR fans down there. I just hope it was a great night, and I'd love us to win. Just, just for Steiner, you know, poor soul went there and got sent off by that horrible referee. He hated us. Mm. He sent two off at Wickham once as well, if mm. I remember rightly. Yep. And um, anyway, so 
We'll do a quick score prediction and then I'm going to wrap up because um, Gabriel's looking very anxious and agitated. That's two A's I've used. I can't get beyond that nail. But right, James, score prediction for Friday. Not Saturday, as I keep saying. Friday. Um, 2-1 Rangers. Yeah? Yeah, why not? Excellent. Ben? Well, I think we're going to score two, but because we concede two a game, it has to be 2-2. But I'm kind of thinking 2-1 as well. You're definitely the sensible brother, aren't you? Yeah. Mark? Right now, I'd, I'd take a 1 0 win with a McCormack own goal if Charlie Austin can't <laughs> score, because that would be tremendous fun to see the multi million pound striker score one for us in the wrong end. So, 1 0, it's either Austin or McCormack own goal. Do you know what I think? I think we're going to do them 3 0. No, I think we're going to absolutely. Seriously, we owe them. We seriously owe them. And, you know, it'll be a nice day. And um, evening, and uh, we'll live off that for a while. And I think, to be fair, they need to to realise that we are the People's Club of West London. Let's get back. Let's get us back into our rules in life. And we are going back to being a People's Club. Sod the money. It didn't work. Let's do it the proper way. Red, ours end of the show, James. Oh, okay. Uh, I got loads, but I'll go positive. I've, I've got voted, loads, I've voted, but I'll go positive. I, Sounds like a Smith song. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I've, got, I've got loads of complaints, but I'll go positive. Um, <laughs> No, I was going to say uh, I voted for the podcast. Oh, yes. yes. Am I allowed yeah. to do that, having been on it? I, 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 was supposed yeah. to, I was supposed to mention that. Well, <laughs> obviously I prompted you to say that. I know, but you just, you just punched me in the arm, which is a bit painful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. And, and how did you vote for the podcast? Uh, yes, James. Via Twitter. I just said I'm voting for, you know, the QPR podcast with the FBA Awards, is it, or something like that? I can't, I can't remember. And that, uh, count, yes. that counts as a vote. Brilliant. So get on Twitter and vote for us and um, James will buy you all a drink. Excellent. As normal. So what was your, what, what was your origin then? Um, it's a bit of a weird... I just want to hear what people have to say actually slightly. I, I'm not sure about... <laughs> they listen to us. I know, no, 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 no. I mean, the people around the table. Oh, okay, sorry. I'm, I'm not that convinced about Cherry. I just wondered what everyone else had to say. I don't think he's had the opportunity to really prove himself yet. I think he's... Uh, when he got subbed against Blackburn, I thought that's kind of fair enough he hadn't really done anything it kind of made sense um, some people around me were shouting otherwise I, I kind of agree with you I haven't seen too much of him to sway me one way or the other Luongo's looked the best mm. signing for me that we made the summer so far I think Cherry's had glimpses though hasn't he I think uh, some of the things he has done when he has played I think you see you can see that why we've bought him and why there's a bit of uh, talent there but whether he's consistent enough at the moment I'm not sure but I think he's going to be a great player and he'll be a great asset for the rest of the season cool. Did all you saying that one thing people don't get these days is time and I think give that lad time and you're going to have a hell of a player I think right so Ben ours end of the show I see you're looking through Twitter no so what I was looking for was the way to vote um, for the podcast in the FBA <laughs> you've definitely um, been prompted by your brother no you? I haven't it's supposed to be my job I haven't because you're both trying to take over the show no I, I wrote sorry I wrote down votes right at the beginning the, I wrote uh, down votes at the beginning of the show very defensive I, I actually have two things including this so go to West 12 <laughs> that's 1212 media.co.uk forward slash vote to vote on Twitter um, what I was actually going to mention was and this is a bit geeky of me but for about the last 10-15 years I have really wanted to put together a QPR fans- a former QPR fantasy football league team made up entirely of former QPR players which has been really difficult the main reason I wanted to do it was because I had an excellent fantasy football league name 
called Queen's Past Rangers. Oh, which okay. Which good. worked quite well. So, so I've got the team. Giggy says. <laughs> I've, I've got the team. Um, it plays in a 3-4-3 formation. I could do with a couple more players. So if anyone does have suggestions for defenders or attackers, <laughs> midfielders have got loans. My God, you're serious. Um, Are you including page, loans? Yeah, including loans. Anyone who has ever appeared in a QPR <laughs> shirt at any point um, as you'll see when I, it comes what's to your defence what's well, your defence well I'll take you through it so if so, you have a defender or a midfielder that I a defender or an attacker that I don't have please tweet me on at Benjamin Fraser okay, but go on. in goal has to be McCarthy because that is the only former QPR goalkeeper playing in the Premier League okay. um, my three defenders are Damien Delaney Carl Walker and um, Corker obviously alright Um could do with some more help there. I, on the bench, I <laughs> Danny have, Simpson. I have Danny Simpson on the bench, but he never plays for Leicester, unfortunately. Um, my midfield is Raheem Sterling, um, which I think you're. I mean, seeing as he is our second or most expensive um, player that we've made the most from in terms of sales. No, he's a load. He's a load. Yeah. He's a load. Um, Punchin. I'm not even sure if he actually a- appeared for us, but he definitely. He, did. Yeah, no, he, he had the here. worst five minute debut I've ever seen. Well, yeah, he, he did play for. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Routledge. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. And Scott Sinclair. Oh, well, oh. Well. and then up front. You've actually thought about this. Uh, well, I've, I really have trawled through Go teams on. for this. And um, um, my sub midfielder is actually Ben Watson. Sometimes it's Gary O'Neill. Usually, <laughs> you ben could Watson. have Tom Carroll as well, couldn't you? Uh, I could have Tom Carroll. There's quite a few midfielders yeah. out there. So. Surprisingly for us, yeah. Um, up front, you're struggling, right? Up front is it? Yes, <laughs> not for the reason you would think. Um, Zarate who's actually scored this season for West Ham yep um, and then I've got Remy and um, and Crouch who only started playing this week and and unfortunately that, that's pretty much it I don't my sub goalie is actually Rudd from Norwich because he never plays so I don't get points if McCarthy plays and I've also got um, oh, I've got some player at West Ham who's gone out on loan who um, never plays obviously yes uh, Burke but he never plays. So if anyone has an attacker Surprisingly, or a defender that's what I was or a thinking. goalie for my fancy league team, really appreciate it. If you're interested, um, I got 27 points this week. <laughs> I have 175 in total. I'm ranked, overall rank, 3 million out of 3.5 million teams in the fantasy league. I'm in the QPR It sounds like how league. they would perform. <laughs> sounds like yeah. how they would perform. No wonder we got shot of them in the first place. Yeah. yeah. That, 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 that's got to be the most bizarre one I've ever heard in my time here. And that includes me half pissed sometimes. Um, cheers, Ben. That's, that's brilliant. Have you finished? Sorry. I, I have finished, yes. You have finished. Is there anything you'd like to add to that? Please it will go now down. be another four years, I imagine, <laughs> until I'm invited back. <laughs> but if it was you, worth it. If you, that's incredible. Sorry. Follow that, Mark. I'm not sure I can. I mean, it's, it's, it's about Charlie Austin, to be honest. I, I think, um, you know, it was still obviously all quite pleased that he stayed. I mean, how much of a 15 million snip did he look to Newcastle fans now after they badgered him for the last however many months when they thought he was going to sign but I mean that must be quite sickening for them but you know their loss is our gain but I imagine just how well uh, how many goals he'd score if we used him properly you look at all the goals he scored you know coming onto headers uh, and attacking the ball running towards a goal rather than lumping it up to him and expecting him to lay it off to someone else mm. just imagine how many goals he'd score if we used him properly 
Uh, and you know he's, he's going to score double figures you know 20 or goals for us again this year hopefully if he stays beyond January but if we use him in the right way he's just such a class player we'll get absolutely buckets of goals out of him and, and to our benefit Another good bet is Charlie Austin to be the top goal scorer in the championship the odds are reasonable I think and we can go each way on that oh, Okay Right it's now my turn for the odds in this show which seems like waiting for the end of Waterloo actually Um you know what this has been a good podcast i've enjoyed it and um i'm i'm, I'm desperately trying to think of something for friday that doesn't involve i'm going down there early to have a few drinks with a few mates and um have a nice time which i think everyone should do and just go there and support the team and um show them who the real people's club of west london are, which is us and i really want us to win not because it's a rivalry because i you know the six nil hurt you know and oh yes um <laughs> But before I talk about that, um, Tiger Cubs, we're walking. <laughs> that was brilliant, Ben, by the way. Much more better than your geeky bit before, which is quite frankly scary. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're, we're um, walking from QPR to, uh, well, the Harlington training ground to QPR and for the, the Bolton game. And um, Mark, you joined us this I year, am, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Which is handy because everyone else who's talked to me has bailed out this year. Oh, really? So I need a friend. I've still got time. Excellent. Um, so please support the Tiger Cup in whatever way you can. If you're not walking and you see a bucket pass around the Bolton game, please put something in because I tell you what, what the community guys do with it with that is just amazing. And it, if you watch the videos and actually spend time getting involved in it, 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 it it's it's so enlightening and, and such a wonderful side to our football club that it can only inspire. To be honest with you, talking of inspiring, our job on Friday is to get down there, and make as much noise as possible, and show them that. It's not a derby in the way they think it is. We are always that passionate about a football club. They just don't know what passion is. Enjoy Friday and let's go there and win. This is open all ours. And by the way, the gluten-free desk beer is actually really nice. I've, I've enjoyed this. I might actually, um, desk beer, if you're listening, which I hope you are, um, if you're delivered near Barnet, there's a, there's a flower shop with your name on it. Anyway, enjoy the game Friday. Come on, you ours. Come you on. Ours. The QPR podcast is a West 12 Media and Burble Media production. QPR, QPR,